0: Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta. I'm your host, Emily Bice. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Welcome back to the Alpha Gamma Delta podcast, Love, Lead, Listen. Today, we're here with Jessica Gendron from the Center of Leadership for Leadership Excellence. Jessica, welcome. Thank you. So you are the president for the Center of Leadership Excellence. What is that? Can you tell me? Yeah, so
1: we're an organization that's focused on helping advance women in the workplace. So we approach that from two different standpoints. We work with women to give them coaching and training opportunities to help them learn the skills that they need to be able to advocate for themselves, to take on promotions, to succeed in the workplace. But then we also go into businesses and assess the culture to determine if they're actually a great place for women to work and then work with their leadership to address the systemic issues that sometimes we face in the workplace that aren't necessarily fixable by the women, but need to be fixed by the leadership or the culture.
0: Wow. So that's very important work. It sounds like it's fun too. Mm -hmm. So really wanted to talk to you about leadership today and specifically women's leadership yeah. just kind of to start off what is your definition of leadership
1: Ooh, gosh um I think leadership is really about understanding what you're trying to achieve and helping shepherd a group of people towards that goal and that can be a title that can be somebody who sort of very casually leads a group of people there. But I think ultimately leadership is really about helping shepherd people to an ultimate goal. And I think that's really what it's
0: about. So you work specifically in empowering women mm-hmm. to be leaders and you you have this what could be called a hot take of it's a man's world and it's not made for women here. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means?
1: Yeah, so I spent 15 years of my career in higher education, and I think the higher education bubble sort of gives you a false perception of what the environment for women in the workplace is really like, you know women have achieved equal outcomes as men in college. And in fact, some, some would argue that women are, have better outcomes than men in college. And so the environment for women on a college campus really teaches us that we can be anything we want. We can lead. We can be in charge of groups. We can be student body president. We can, we can have any job that we want. And I think we get this sort of false sense of empowerment in college because when you step out into the real world, it's almost like the tables flip. Yeah. So we're graduating. 60% of college graduates are female, but women really don't represent a high proportion of the leadership in business. And when you look at executive leadership, so CEO, COO, you know, those C-level positions, as we call them, women only represent about 21% of those positions in organizations. And so I think when I came out into the corporate world and started doing this work, it was sort of like a slap in the face face where you started to see, holy crap, like this is, this is not the same. And I'm actually treated differently because I'm a woman and people do treat me um, differently in meetings and they do question my authority and they, it's just, it was really shocking to me to encounter that. And I thought to myself, I just don't think college is really preparing us as women for the realities that face us in the real world, because, you know, men are, men are promoted more often. Men are in more leadership positions than women. Men are evaluated differently. There's all these things that sort of are stacked up against us as women in the workplace. And so um, it's very male dominated, particularly by white men.
0: As women, we're just not being told the reality of it, right? Yeah. We're not being told the the reality of it and we're not
1: being taught how to deal with it. You know, so we go out in the real world. And I think what I see from young professionals, especially that are women, is a deep sense of frustration and just feeling lost because they feel stuck, but they don't know what to do about it. And they feel like they're being treated differently, but they don't know what to do about it. And they want a raise or they want a promotion and they want more responsibility, but they don't how to ask for it because nobody's ever taught us
0: that. So what are when you see these women that are here and they're frustrated and they've gone through their college career being told, yes, it's a woman's world. Go, you know, <laughs> hashtag girl power. Yeah. You can go and succeed and do all these things. And you're finally out in the real world and you find out it's it's not that what, what do you do? Yeah. So I think that
1: we have to start by teaching women how to advocate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting from a young age, men are socialized to be competitive and to be proud of their accomplishments and to talk about their successes because they're immediately thrown into sports as kids. You know, when you think about little boys, little boys are put in basketball and soccer and wrestling and karate and, all these t-ball and all these things. And some girls do that too, but more instinctively, I think women are put, little girls are put into Girl Scouts and they're put into dance and they're put into gymnastics and they're put into these things where we're taught to be collaborative. And we're not taught to talk about our, talk about our individual successes. We're taught to be, to talk about our successes as a group. I mean, when you look at Girl Scouts, they, sell cookies, but Most troops sell cookies as a group because they don't want to make it competitive Whereas if it was boys, it'd be the exact opposite So we grow up with these really unhealthy ideas of what competition should be like And men grow up with these really healthy ideas And so we go into the workplace and we don't know how to advocate for ourselves We don't know how to say here are the things that I have achieved Here is what I've accomplished Here are the things that I've contributed to our business objectives our business goals Here's how I've advanced our organization or business I want this I want to raise I want a promotion I want to I want leadership training and we don't know how to do that where men a little bit more instinctively have been taught that stuff based on the activities that their parents have put them in
0: so essentially we're not raised from we're not trained from a young age yeah. to advocate and step up for ourselves in a world that that's required for you to be successful.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's the piece that's really missing for most women. I spend a lot of time with young professional women. We we have a couple courses that we run for women that are early in their career, and that's the thing I spend talking with them about the most is I have my annual review coming up. I want to ask for a raise or I want to get this promotion. I need help talking about it. And they're just afraid because they don't know they don't know how to ask. And they don't know how to advocate and they don't know how to talk about success in a way that doesn't feel
0: icky to us as girls. Sounds like there's a lot of fear almost built in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's so deeply cultural. And it's not stuff we learned in college, it's not stuff we learned in high school, it's stuff we learned as little girls. Mm-hmm. And it just bleeds into every part of our adult life. Yeah.
0: And that it's almost as if instead of being taught how to deal with that fear in college, we're just told ignore it almost (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah
1: it's like you can be anything you want nobody's ever going to challenge you and you're just going to be tapped for this leadership and you're like oh no that's not how it works that's not the real world (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so you're, you're talking about how it's important for women to be able to advocate for themselves and say the things that they need why why aren't they
1: yeah I think it's really interesting you know um The McKinsey Institute does a study of women in the workplace, and they've been doing a study for about five years sort of tracking um, women's breaking glass ceilings, women's um, representation in executive leadership. And in the 2019 study, the thing that they really identified and shined a big light on was You know, we're not really having a problem with glass ceilings. Yes, women are underrepresented in practically every level of any organization, but our biggest problem actually starts at the very beginning. So women are graduating at higher rates than men in college. But when you look at that first level, entry level position to your first promotion into management, men are being promoted more often. So there's less men in entry level positions, but they're being promoted more often by a margin of for every 100 men, 71 women. And it gets worse if you're a woman of color. So if you're a Latina, it's 68 women for every 100 men. If you're a black woman, it's 58 for every hundred men. And so, you know, our problem isn't just as you ascend into leadership in these organizations. Our problem is from the moment we step into our first job that we don't have the we have not learned how to advocate for ourselves. And I think it's fear. I think it's cultural. But I also think it's just leaders are men mm-hmm. and men are more naturally we're more naturally Inclined to spend time with, promote, um, talk to, mentor people who look like us. So if my boss is a white male, it's more likely that a white male colleague will get promoted over me, even if we're equally qualified and even if I advocate for myself because. He looks like my boss. Mm-hmm. And so we have to do a better job of positioning ourselves in relationship, mm-hmm. in front of the people that have power, in front of the people who make decisions. And really, I, I, I know I've said advocate for ourselves like a hundred times, but I cannot impress on people enough how important to speak up for yourself, to ask for what you want mm-hmm. is important to your career success yeah. from the very beginning.
0: Don't wait five years down the line to start asking, right? Yeah. And I work with a lot of women that are like
1: 10 years into their career and they're in the same job and they've never been promoted because they've never asked and they've never fought for it and they've never advocated in the way that's allowed them to get promoted or get supervision responsibility or get a raise or any of those things.
0: So let's dig into that. If advocating is the key, like you're saying, how do you do that? How do you start? Yeah, you got to show up with data. I think that that's
1: the thing. Unfortunately, women are assessed and evaluated based on our achievements, men are more likely to be assessed and evaluated based on their potential. So as women, if we want to advocate for ourselves, we can't advocate for our potential. We have to advocate for what we've achieved and use what we've achieved as the data that we bring to the table. So if you want to say, get a promotion, or if you want to say, get a raise, you've got to show up with data that says, here are the things that I've done that show that I have the ability to do this job. I did this amount of um increase in revenue for our company or I took this big project and did these things for it where we have to show up with facts, concrete data. What's hard about that is that we don't do a good job of tracking that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes time for us to advocate for ourselves, we have to think back over the course of the last year of Okay, what did I do? And uh, what are the things that I achieved? And how do I write that down? And how do I make that measurable? And how do I prove my worth? And so what I recommend to women is that you s- start a success journal, which is a book that you write in every day to start to record the successes and achievements that you've had in the workplace. And some days your success might be finally got that dude to call me back and answer that one question. But sometimes it's bigger things. I make all of the women that I coach do a success journal. But I think what's really important about the success journal is that it's deeply detailed. So sometimes I'll have women and they'll say, "Oh, I did that big project. It was complete." And That's not enough to just say, I completed that big project. What we have to do is we have to say, here's everything that went into that big project. Mm -hmm. I had to manage key relationships. I had to manage a budget. I had to engage people to attend. I had to do this, that, and the other, where we provide a detailed list of accomplishments that say, here's everything I did, and here's how it impacted the business. We can't just say, here's a bullet pointed list of my job description and proof that I did it. It's here's how this impacted our business. Here's how this impacted our goals. Here's how this impacted the bottom line of the organization. And that's the stuff that shows value and worth to the organization and shows, oh, I can take more responsibility or I can give this woman more responsibility because she understands how her role impacts the work that we do.
0: You have to come to the table with it all done, pretty much. Yeah, you got to show
1: up with data. So, I just did this. Yeah. So, um, I was a year, in, I was about a year into my my job at the Center for Leadership Excellence, and I sat down on my one year anniversary for my annual review with my boss, and it was sounded a little bit like, "Good job, you worked really hard this year. I'm proud of you." And that was it. And I was like, "But wait, I want, I want feedback." I want a raise. I want, you know, I want all these things. And I I left that meeting feeling like oh, he doesn't get it. Like he didn't pay attention, he doesn't know everything that I did. And I thought, "Oh, I got to give him my success journal. So I sat down that night and I typed up like everything I did, the financial impact to the business, the network impact to the business and all the things that I did and how it impacted the business. I sent it to him. And at the bottom of it, it says, I formally request this amount of raise. And he responded and he said, you're right. And gave me the raise. Just like that? Just like that. Wow. And I think sometimes we have this like overwhelming fear of like, man, it's really hard to ask for like three thousand more dollars a year. And sometimes it's really just as easy as here's why I deserve it. Here's everything I've done. And here's here's why I want it. And so it can be scary, but
0: you just have to do it. Right. Yep. Just got to go for it. Yeah. So a come to the table with data. Mm-hmm. What else?
1: Ask for what you want.
0: You get a hundred
1: percent. You get zero percent of the things you don't ask for.
0: What's the worst they can do? Right. Tell you no?
1: Yeah. We can't sit around and expect to be tapped for leadership. Mm -hmm. We can't walk into our annual reviews and expect our boss to say, I've been watching everything you've done and I've recorded all of your accomplishments this year. You've done a really great job. And here's what I think you did a good job at. Because your boss is busy, too. They don't have time to sit around and record everything that you've done. That's your job. (laughs) And we can't expect to be treated the same way as men because I know that it's it doesn't work that way. Guys get tapped for leadership. Guys get told they're doing a good job and get a raise without really even thinking about it. It doesn't work that way for women. So we have to show up with the data and we have to ask for what we want. We have to say, I want a raise. Mm-hmm. And not just I want a raise. I want a 5% raise. I want a 10% raise. I want a title promotion. I don't want to be the coordinator anymore. I want to be the senior coordinator. I want to be a director. And you have to ask for that stuff. The worst that can happen is that they say, I can't do that. But if you didn't ask, you'd never get a yes.
0: Well, what do you do if they say, I can't do that? What's the next step from there?
1: I think you um, ask them, what can you do to reward me for my accomplishments? And if there's nothing that they can do to reward you for your accomplishments, it's probably not the right place for you to be working. And sometimes that's a really hard reality to face mm-hmm. but not every workplace is great for women and not every workplace is great for you as a person and so if it's not working change it
0: yeah I think that's just a fact of reality like you said yeah if it doesn't work you got to change it yep and that's almost like an, another action item of you have to have the confidence to make that change yeah so when you're looking at women that are trying to build themselves up and get into a position where they have their journal they're going into their meeting what are the skills that you think that Women should really focus on when they're building their relationships and their skills in the workplace. Yeah,
1: you really have to learn how to manage up. I think that that's a really critical skill for any young professional, particularly for women. And, you know, it's really not rocket science, it's just learning how to manage up to your boss and to get what you need from your supervisor at any point in time. And, it, there's lots of resources online. You can literally Google how to manage up. But I think what's important about managing up is to also understand your boss is not focused on your priorities. Your boss is focused on their priorities. You have to remember that your boss also has a boss and that your boss is trying to fi- figure out how to get their own raise and how to get their own promotion. And so part of what allows us to be successful is is when we understand that our own supervisor has their own goals. And if we help them achieve their goals in addition to ours, they're going to be more likely to take us along with them. They're going to be more likely to give us more responsibility or promote us or give us more money because we've helped them along the way as well. And so I think that's one of the most critical skills that I think a lot of young professionals don't often think about is knowing how to manage up and knowing how to help your boss achieve their goals, too. Some people don't even know what their boss's goals are. And if we don't know what our boss is trying to achieve, then we've failed.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I think the other thing is um, I'm reading this book right now. It's called Good and Mad. And it's about the power of female anger. Oh, um, it's fascinating. Um, but. You know, one of the things that I think young women I see, we encounter these injustices in the workplace because we're women. And for the first time in our lives, we're encountering them and it feels really unfair and it becomes very frustrating and we get angry and we point that anger And we explode, or we yell, or we get really frustrated, or we say things that we probably shouldn't say. And I think one of the most important things you have to learn in your professional career to truly advance as a woman, and as much as I hate to say this, it's real, you have to learn the finesse of restraint. You have to learn the finesse of being really frustrated and really angry and knowing that these things are happening because you're a woman, but understanding that your anger doesn't advance you and that there's better ways to navigate in the existing injustices to rise in the workplace so that you can change the culture
0: that seems like a natural reaction of you go through your college life being told oh it's all great women are you know female boss girl power and then you get into the real world and that's not the reality and anger is a really natural reaction and frustration and i think you're right of you have to learn how to a have restraint but How do you channel that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was so angry early in my career. I think back to like my first job out of graduate school. And I remember being like, my boss is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Golly, why? who put him in charge? And I would be so angry. Not just because of the stuff that I felt like were injustices to me, but also because I felt like he was underqualified for his job and I was overqualified for mine, you know? And I spent a lot of, of my early career years getting really angry all the time and it didn't get me anywhere. When I learned how to navigate with the anger and navigate around, I think I got a lot farther. Yeah. than um, I did early in my career. And so I think that that's this just sort of the power of finessing people and um, finessing the conversation and delivering messages in ways that people can hear them as opposed to the ways that, we've, that they feel most honest. And I think sometimes that's a really powerful skill to have that you can learn to harness.
0: I, I think that's an interesting point of how can you phrase it to where it's honest but palatable?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it for sure. Yeah. There's a skill to that. And you, I think it comes over time, but understanding that the, it's less about the message and more about the way the person receives the message. And sometimes the way we want to send it is not the way that they receive it.
0: Absolutely. So thinking down the line of when you're a woman and maybe you have made it into leadership, what is the value in, I wouldn't want to say managing down, but bringing up those behind you?
1: There's a bunch of data out there that suggests that one woman on a leadership team doesn't actually make any impact, and that actually two women on a leadership team doesn't make any impact. You know, one woman's just the token girl. Two women are, you know, an, a novelty. And where women actually start to make an impact is when there's three women on a board or a leadership team, and that's. That's when they have the ability for their voices to truly be heard and to make an impact on the, the group that they're working with. And so there's lots of data to support the fact that one woman alone doesn't actually solve our problem and that it becomes easier for us as women the more women we bring behind us. And so I think we have to look at it that way. I just, I think that sometimes we really struggle with the competition piece of it. And I think that that's the hard part for women in the workplace is understanding that because I succeed, I can bring more women behind me, but that doesn't mean that my success is diminished. And that doesn't mean that I lose my footing in leadership. It just adds power to my leadership. It makes my voice more powerful, the more women that I bring up along with me.
0: I didn't know that about the one doesn't make a difference. Two doesn't make a difference. And thinking back of like the boards and the women leaders I've seen in my life, it's just been like one or two Mm -hmm. and It's so it's fascinating that it doesn't make a difference until three.
1: Yeah. And I look at some of these companies that are like, we have one woman on our board or, you know, we have a woman here or we have a woman there or and stuff like that. And I just like not enough. You know, it's sort of like that Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote where she says, when will it be enough? When will there be enough women on the Supreme Court? And she says, when all nine justices are are female and people thought that was bananas, but it's not. (laughs) That's the thing, right? Like that's the thing of just our, the power of our voice doesn't become powerful until there's three of us at the table. And the more women that come to the table, the more powerful the organization becomes. You know, the data from McKinsey suggests that organizations that have gender diversity and gender parity, not just in leadership, but throughout the organization have higher profit margins and they're They're valued higher than their peer organizations that don't have as much gender diversity. So the business case for companies is there to say, oh, bringing more women into our organization, particularly in leadership, is good for business. It's not just the right thing to do. It actually makes our company successful. And so it's just bringing everybody else on board. But I sort of keep this mentality of carry as you climb as the sort of mentality that we have to take for women. So as I climb, I have to bring more women along behind me Mm -hmm. and I have to support them and encourage them and mentor them and teach them the lessons that I learned so that they don't have to learn them on their own.
0: Well, it's one of those things where if you don't if you don't bring them along with you, how are they going to get there, Um, especially when we live in this culture where women are seen as competition to each other in business.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's partly um, it's a general it's a generational thing. Right. So when you look at the baby boomer generation, you know, they were sort of the first generation of women to enter the workforce in large numbers. And it was miraculous for one of them to reach a leadership position. And now when we look at the workforce, We have Gen Xers, we have millennials, we have Gen Z even entering the workforce at this point. And for us, it's a lot more normal for women to work and a lot more normal for women to be in the workplace. But I think because the boomers are still in the workforce, they're territorial over leadership because they had to be, because it was miraculous for one of them to make it to leadership. And so they They sometimes can be territorial over those leadership spots. Whereas I think when you look at younger women, we see that as a very normal thing. And so we're less territorial over it because it's totally normal for there to be a couple women in leadership. And we understand the value of having more women at the table. And it's less about there's only room for one and more about the more the merrier.
0: So if you're a young woman that finds yourself in a situation where you have another woman that's territorial above you, do you have any techniques or anything you would suggest that they do? Make them your friend. Uh,
1: make them your friend and be a learner. I think that women um, innately want to help people. That's just sort of in our nature, I think. And and I think if we if we make them our friend and we ask lots of questions and we look at them like an expert and we try to learn from them, I don't think that they're going to be as territorial. Um, and not every woman in leadership is territorial. No. And I think that you're going to find a lot less territorial and a lot more come along with me. But I think that when you do, you've got to just build the relationship.
0: Well, and then you look at just the reality of it's not a world built for women and you have to find some allies there. You have to make allies if they're not existing, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, Jessica, we're at the point of our podcast where we like to ask every guest a question, which Mm. is, what is your purpose?
1: Ooh. Gosh, that's such a fun question. So for me, I've always been super passionate in uh, working with women. And I think in the last year for me, it's really um, solidified what I really want to do and what I think my purpose is, is to help women find their voice, help women discover what it means to be their best selves and help women um, chase their true purpose. And I think that that's, that's my purpose is to to teach women how to not live within society's constraints that they put on us and that, that it is possible for us to achieve what it is that we want to do. It's just learning how to navigate in their world.
0: That's such a great purpose to have. Hey, thanks. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's sure. been such a treat to have you. Well, and thanks for having me. Sharing everything that you, you've you learned and you can do with as a woman in a man's world. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Bice, and that's all for today. See you next time.